0: I always remember my why, why I started this brand, why I'm doing this. I also always remember who I'm doing this for. I'm trying to create legacy. I have a daughter. I have sons. My daughter is five, and she tells me every day that this is her business, that she's going to run this business. <laughs> so that keeps me moving. It keeps me doing everything I can because I know I have little people watching me.
1: Welcome to the Start Right Here podcast. We put the spotlight on BIPOC beauty pros and their paths to success. We share their stories along with actionable tips that you can apply to your career or your life. We invite you to subscribe, rate, or review the show on Apple, Podcasts, or Spotify, or share it with a friend. Now, let's get to the show. Hi, everybody. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the intersection of CBD, beauty, and wellness. And I'm really pleased to welcome a new entrepreneur in the space who has been doing some beautiful, wonderful work and showing us just how synergistic the three are. I'm pleased to welcome Brigetta Hardin. Who is the co founder of Infused, a beauty and lifestyle brand? Welcome to the show, Bridgetta.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited to have you and to have this discussion.
1: We're gonna start off with some easy questions. What was the first beauty product you ever remember buying or trying?
0: To be honest, I didn't really get into beauty until I was like in college. My first purchase that I remember that I was really excited about was Ruby Rue Red Lipstick. Okay, so MAC. (laughs) For MAC, yes. That was my very first purchase that I remember. Like back in the day when I was younger, you know, we would go to beauty supply store and get like the clear lip gloss. But my very first real beauty purchase that I bought with my own money was Ruby Rue from MAC. Yeah, that was my first purchase.
1: What has been the latest purchase?
0: I am really getting more into SPF sunscreen. So I purchased a sunscreen by one of my fellow Cannonball's bosses, Dorian Morris from Undefined, her mushroom line. She just released a new SPF. I Went to Target, got it, and I am obsessed with it. It's like amazing for women of color. So that is what I've been using.
1: We love Dorian too, because she has been a guest on the show. And I haven't had the chance to try it yet, but that's on my list now. Definitely. That's a good reminder.
0: Yes. I'm all about SPS created for women of color, not leaving that white ashy tint. So I love black girl sunscreen and I also love her.
1: Wonderful. What's the beauty advice you live by or leave alone?
0: Going back to my last purchase, in order to have healthy skin, you cannot skip sunscreen. I think what we were raised, I know I was raised, I didn't know how important using sunscreen was. So I'm thinking I'm black. I don't need to wear sunscreen. It wasn't until I got older and I got into the beauty space and started doing my research that the skin issues that we struggle with can also be kind of solved if you wear sunscreen. You cannot have healthy skin without sunscreen. So definitely wear sunscreen, wear it every single day, No matter the time of year, um, you have to finish off your routine in the morning with sunscreen. So that is my number one advice to give to anyone. No matter what color you are, you have to wear your sunscreen, sis. (laughs) And man, you have to wear your sunscreen.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. That is so true. And it's something that I think as a community and especially Black people in particular, but people of color overall, we have to like adopt I agree it's not something that we learned growing up or if we did it was like we used that SPF to read
0: yeah we put it on we went to the beach or the pool but not knowing that we need it on our face every day you know so it's just like you don't know what you don't know so I love that the community knows more about it and they're more knowledgeable about it and they're sharing it like I have a daughter and I have children so I tell them that like oh it don't matter like Get your sunscreen, sis. (laughs) So it was just really good for us. Exactly.
1: Let's start talking about entrepreneurship and business and infused in particular. Do you think the beauty industry was a destination or a detour for you?
0: It was definitely a detour. Growing up, I wanted to be a plastic surgeon. That was my dream job. Dream job. But I'm also very skirmish of blood. <laughs> so like if I see blood, I'm freaking out. So it's like, how can I be a plastic surgeon <laughs> if I can't look at blood or like scabs and stuff like that freaks me out. So going into Howard University, I was like, okay, am I gonna try to pursue this? I couldn't pass my chemistry classes. <laughs> so I end up changing it and going into journalism. I was like, I'm gonna be PR, I'm gonna do PR. But like most college graduates, it's really hard for us to find jobs. When I graduated from Howard University, I had just given birth to my son. So I was really like, I need to find a job. So I wasn't really obsessed with beauty. I wasn't really into beauty like that growing up. With most girls, our first idea of beauty is our mothers. My mom was very sick growing up. Like, my earliest memories of her, she was very jazzy, she dressed up, very fancy, but she got sick when I was, like, in eighth grade. So that is the time that young girls, like, started getting into beauty and asking their mom for advice, and I didn't have that because my mom had diabetes, and she went into a diabetic coma when I was in eighth grade, and she was in a coma for, like, nine days. So when she came out of the coma, she had Brain injury. So she had the mentality of a child. So she had to learn how to walk and talk and feed. So it was like basically me and my siblings had to take care of her. So I didn't really get into beauty until I got into college, which is not even thinking about it. Like it's crazy to know all through high school, I didn't focus on beauty. So I didn't know about beauty. I didn't know about stuff because the person who I would look to, she didn't have the right mind for me to ask her questions. And I was just really focused in books and school. I grew up in the inner city of Chicago, one of the worst neighborhoods in Chicago to this day. We wasn't able to go outside and play. So what I did on my free time was just free. I had a thirst for knowledge, and I just knew I wanted something better for myself. So I was like, the only thing I could do to get out of this environment is to go to school. So out of all my siblings, I'm the only one that went to college because that was my way of making it out of my environment. So I didn't really focus on beauty. Right. Let me ask you this.
1: You said you just wanted to get a job when you first got out of school. So what was the job you got when you first got out?
0: I actually went into sales. I started doing AV sales. And honestly, I had that career for about eight years. So I worked throughout school. Throughout college, I held a job. I worked at whether it was retail, bartending, serving, hosting. I wasn't the type of student that was able to go to school and just focus on her schoolwork because of where I came from. So I had to work through school to put myself through school because I didn't have the parents that would be able to pay for me to go to school. And it was crazy because growing up in the inner city of Chicago, those children that I went to school with... We all kind of had similar backgrounds, coming from single-parent households, moms trying to make it, working all the time. And when I went to Howard, I was like so different from everyone else. My friends were privileged. They came from two-parent households, and they were able to just focus on school, and I didn't have that experience. So from the moment I got to Howard, I had to get a job because that was the only way that I was going to be able to get through school because I didn't have no one sending me money. My grandparents was the ones that were raising me when my mom got sick, but I also had siblings at home. Honestly, it was kind of like I didn't really have the regular college experience that my friends had. I worked throughout every single year at school. So retail, Nine West was my first job at Howard. Then I started serving, and I was in the restaurant industry for years. And then after the restaurant industry, when I graduated from school, My first career was going into sales. Okay. And what kind of sales was it again? I worked in hotels. I would sell like AV to people who coming in, in booking conferences or events. My job was to sell them the microphones, the audio visual, the projectors, the screens.
1: Which they need for the conferences. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So in sales, what did you pick up there that you use now? What kind of skills did you pick up?
0: I became one of the top sellers in my region when I started selling. And I think the number one skill that I picked up from that was basically I was always myself. And I always tried to connect with my client or my customer to understand their buying process and why they needed what they were trying to get. And to this day, I use that every day in my entrepreneurship journey. Like I have to understand my customer and I also have to be myself no matter what's happening. And I think that's what continues to push me for it is just me understanding them and being myself.
1: Like the value of your authenticity is one of the things that you learned. Absolutely.
0: Did you ever think about being an entrepreneur growing up in Chicago? I did, honestly. So my grandfather, he owned clubs and motels on the south side of Chicago. So I kind of came from like an entrepreneur side of that. So when I got to Howard, I remember like my senior year and one of my professors, Dr. Tyree, and she was like, who does not want to work from someone when they get out of school? And I was like one of the only people raising my hand because I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur out of school. And I was just trying to think about what I want to create when I got out of school because I did not want to work for anyone. I just knew I wanted to work for myself. And I remember when I got out of school, I had tried to start an event planning business. But I had a newborn baby and it was not bringing no money in. But I was like, I want to be an entrepreneur. That was like the end goal. Like at the end of the day, I knew I had to do something that made me an entrepreneur. So yeah, I knew I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that I wanted to be one.
1: Tell me about the birth of Infused. How did that happen?
0: It was probably like the end of 2017, me and my, he was my boyfriend at the time, he's my fiance now, we had went on a trip to California and he was dealing with back pain, like really bad back pain. And I remember we was on Venice Beach and it was like vendors out there and one of the vendors was selling CBD and I didn't know what CBD was. Like I knew about weed, cannabis, but didn't know about CBD. And he was telling them about his back pain. They were like, you have to use this. So I remember he purchased, like, a cream. And when we got back to the hotel, he used it. And he was like, my pain is gone. And I'm like, you're lying. It's no way. Your pain is gone. And I get really bad cramps when I get on my cycle. So I remember using it. And I was like, oh, my God. It's like a placebo effect. But it really took away the pain. So I remember me and him was just like, Talking about how we have to bring this to our community, we have to show them that the CBD really works, and you know it really does what it does. So we had created a brand; it was called Infused Lux. It was spelled with the U in the middle, so it was N F U Z D, and it was more of a body care brand. So we had like bath bombs, muscle balm, body cream, and. This was before the passing of the 2018 Farm Bill. So before all of the CBD. And it was so challenging trying to just get the brand out there. And I remember just doing my research and seeing that there wasn't any other brands that catered to people that looked like us or that had founders that looked like us. It was just white males and it was just like, it's just us two. We're very small. There's no way we can succeed in this industry when no one around here look like us. This was like around 2018. And I remember us just like, I have to create something for women of color to look like me because I couldn't find a skincare brand. You know, I'm like, if CBD is doing these amazing things for pain. And I started using it for my skin. When I get stressed out, my skin gets stressed out. And it was like helping me with my skin. And I'm like, I want to create a skincare brand for women of color. And there wasn't anything on the market like that. So I remember I'm like, I'm going to go back to the drawing board and I'm going to do my research and I'm going to come up with formulas and I'm going to create a brand for women of color. And this was 2018 and I launched Infused Beauty in 2020. So it took me like two years to build this brand. I really want to get into it how you did different parts of it. One of the
1: things that's so dope about your brand is the way that it's spelled and the packaging. Like, it's really gorgeous and just kind of like eye-catching. Did you just come up with that? Did you work with somebody? How did that come about?
0: When we first launched Infuse Beauty, we launched Juneteenth, 2020, and we're a small brand. So when you don't have the money or the capital, you have to do everything yourself. So I created everything. I created the labels, the boxes, and I didn't have much. So I knew I wanted to get my brand out there. And I'm like, I'm just going to do like what we do. We do what we have to do to get stuff out. And the feedback was amazing regarding the products, but the packaging sucked. (laughs) And I remember we would just get so much feedback and they like, oh my God, I love this oil, but I hate this bottle or this box is horrible. Like, you guys gotta do something different than that because you have so much potential. And we launched in the middle of the Black Lives Matter movement. So we had so many eyes on us that I wasn't expecting. So it was just like I have all of these big name editors following us on Instagram and reaching out and all these press features. And I'm like, wasn't expecting that. So it's just like, here go my DIY boxes and <laughs> my DIY packaging. And I'm all over all these features, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. So as soon as we had the money to come in from sales, we invested it back into the brand. And we hired a design firm, a black woman designer, Kiara White, and we did an entire rebrand. And we picked the colors. We wanted the logo to be catchy. We wanted it to be beautiful and luxe and catchy and black women can put it on their sinks and take pictures of it and Instagram worthy. So it was so much thought into the rebrand, into the packaging, into the look. And I'm so obsessed with it to this day. (laughs) Like, I love it.
1: It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. You talked about it took almost two years. Did you work with chemists? Did you mix stuff yourself? How did you come up with the formulas that you liked for the skincare line?
0: I did everything myself. I created all of the formulas to this day. I create everything in small batches. I am the formulator. And it's funny because when I was at LMCC, a lot of people would come up to my booth and ask me about what's in the ingredients. And I would just start spinning out the ingredients. And they're like, oh, my God, who made this? And I'm like, I did. And this is such a labor of love for me. Like It goes back to my childhood, me just my upbringing, not being able to go outside and play because of the neighborhood we lived in. And I remember when I was like in sixth, seventh grade and I just be reading like books, like these huge novels. And my mom would be so shocked that I would finish the novel in like one day that she didn't believe me. And she was like, okay, you really finished that book in one day. Give me a book report. And I would be like so obsessed to like do book reports. That was so fun to me. And I remember my siblings used to be like, she's such a nerd. Like, I was a nerd because I love research. I love learning. And I have such a thirst for knowledge that it really helped me build this brand because I researched and learned so much about CBD. But I also knew that I wanted the brand to include other amazing ingredients. Ingredients that not only was effective, but also complemented CBD. And I knew that I wanted my brand to spoke to the needs of women of color. So we deal with hyperpigmentation, uneven skin tone, dark spots, acne scarring. So I was like, I need ingredients that spoke to that, that would target those unique skin concerns. So I found out about bearberry extract and Kakadu plum, licorice root and ginger, and all of these amazing plant-based ingredients that... Complemented CBD, but was really, really effective and was really amazing in these formulas that I created. And to this day, it blows my mind that I created these products because I'm like, these products are dope and they work and they're amazing. And this came out of my head, you know. Like sometimes I just sit and think, it's like I've really created that. It's an amazing feeling.
1: Yeah, and you got to think about the fact that you also were ahead of the curve with thinking about adaptogens as well.
0: Yes. When I created the skincare part, we always knew that we wanted to include a wellness branch of the line. Like, we was going to branch into wellness. So when we first started, we didn't know how we were branching to wellness or what products we were introduced in that category. A lot of our other CBD brands were doing the gummies, and they were doing the tinctures. So we wanted to do something different. And it's funny because my fiance, he would get up and go to the gym every morning, And he would make a smoothie. And we were using like CMOS, putting CMOS in his smoothies and superfoods in his smoothies and mushrooms and adaptogens. And I'm like, what if we did a CBD-based powder with adaptogens and mushrooms and superfoods? He's like, what? That sounds like an amazing idea. And I remember I'm like, but is anybody going to understand it? And he was like, you have to just put it out there. And I remember we launched it at LMCC. And the feedback was crazy. Like, people were coming back like, can I get some more samples of that? And yeah, adaptogens are amazing. I think there's still a lot of education surrounding adaptogens. Like, people don't know what they are. I feel like our community is still learning about adaptogens. And my whole thing around that line was, you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to keep your cup full. So these base powder blends are to help you keep your cup full.
1: I think that's really, really cool. When I saw that you did the powders, I was like, no one else is doing that. I have not seen that. So what is the Hero product? What's the product that you're known for? Is it the powders or is it something else in the beauty line?
0: It's the face oil. The face oil is our Hero product. And that was the first product that I actually created. I created the skincare line around that product. So that was my very first product. And it's a little pricier than the other products. And I remember when we first launched. So we have a mini system on the site, which is you can try all of the products, you know, in the mini size. And everyone was like, oh, my God, this face oil is amazing. So that's the Hero product. It's lightweight. It does everything it says it does. It has vitamin C in it. It has bare It helps with wrinkles. It's anti-aging. It's full of antioxidants and vitamins and botanicals. It's just a dope product, and I'm really proud of that product. But yes, that is definitely the number one product that we sell the most of because everyone loves that product right there.
1: Well, that's great. How are you distributing? Are you direct-to-consumer mostly? Are you in any
0: stores? So right now, we are mostly direct-to-consumer. We're on Poplar, which is a CBD website that we have amazing partnership with them. We also are in Etain, which is the first woman-owned and operated dispensary out of Manhattan, New York. We have some smaller boutique relationships in New Jersey. And right now, we're in talks with a major retailer. So hopefully, by the end of the year, you guys will be able to walk into a major store and see infused Beauty on the Shelf.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's great. You talked about the hurdles at the beginning of when you first launched the line in the rebrand in this new version of Infuse that you're doing now are there as many hurdles or are people more aware of CBD in beauty and wellness now
0: there's still hurdles and i think that it's different type of hurdles at first people wasn't aware of CBD so there was a lot of educating now people know about CBD but now you still have all of the obstacles that comes with the CBD business or the CBD part, like we're not able to use traditional market channels such as Instagram, Facebook. We can't advertise on Google. Our payment processor, we have issues with that. So there's still so many obstacles that a lot of brands are trying to overcome. And what we've noticed lately that some of our peers are leaving the space altogether because of these obstacles. And they're going to other plant-based ingredients as their hero ingredient. I struggle with that internally. Like, do I continue to fight these challenges as a small brand that doesn't have the capital that can overcome this? And I believe in this plant so much, but I also know that if I did not have CBD in my line, I'd probably be a lot further than I am now. You know, so I have to deal with that internally. And, you know, I remember when I was reaching out to some editors when we first did the rebrand about the line and the messages I would receive were, hey, we're not writing about CBD brands right now. And I'm like, but I'm so much more than just a CBD brand. CBD is my hero ingredient, but I have other ingredients in my lines. So it's just you have to deal with those type of obstacles that they put you in this one little box and they think that you can't do more than that. And it's unfair. So there's many challenges with it. But. I feel like we could definitely overcome it, and I hope that it gets better, but what can you do?
1: Yeah, you keep pushing because it's a beautiful line. Now, how many products do you have in total, like between skincare and wellness?
0: We have four products on the skincare line. We have oil cleanser, a face oil, a gel cream, and sheet mask. And then our wellness line, we have the powders that come in four varieties. So we have Hay uh, hey Focus, which is like a mushroom-based blend. We have Hay Beauty, which is like a superfood blend. We have Hay Sleep, which is adaptogens, and Hay Energy, which is like matcha and adaptogens. And we just launched our merchandise for the brand. You've partnered with a nonprofit, too. Why was that important to you? It was very important that when we created the brand that we did a give-back initiative, which was we would give back a portion of our annual sales to our organization. I remember we were going back and forth with what kind of organization we wanted to partner with. And like a lot of CBD brands or cannabis brands, they partner with the prison reform. And those are great organizations. Right. But I wanted to partner with a brand that impacted my life. So we decided to partner with the Genesee Center, which is a nonprofit based out of Los Angeles, that is committed to helping survivors and their families impacted by domestic violence.
1: That's powerful.
0: Very. I lost my younger sister to domestic violence in 2018. She was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. And me and my sister was extremely close. And building this brand was how I grieved. That was my healing process. So she passed in 2018. And it was right after she passed when I started taking care of my well-being and my self-care and building and And I wanted to honor her. She was one of my biggest cheerleaders. And I always say that I will always say her name. I will always share her legacy. I will always tell her story. And this is me keeping that promise to her that I'm going to make sure that I help other women that also went through what she went through. And the partnership is extremely important to me because it's just, I'm so connected to those women's stories because I've seen firsthand how that impacts the lives of people and their families. So that was extremely important that we partner with organization that meant something to me and I can give back. And it's just been such an amazing opportunity to be able to help other women like my sister.
1: Right. As you said, this is a relatively young brand. What is your hope for Infused?
0: My hope is that Infused becomes a trusted and known brand that not only transforms the skincare journeys of women of color, but also their wellness journey. That it helps them with their self-care and it helps them prioritize themselves. As Black women, we always tend to look out for everyone before we start taking care of ourselves. I know it. I do it all the time. (laughs) So I really hope that my brand helps you treat yourself, take care of yourself first.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful. In our last section, we'd love to offer and give listeners tips. So can you give our listeners five tips on setting yourself apart when you build a brand?
0: Absolutely. A lot of people will say don't go into a market because it may be oversaturated. It doesn't matter. Do what you do. Do what you love to do. Tell your story and you will be successful. There is a thousand skincare brands, but if you can go into the industry knowing who you are speaking to, why you are speaking to them, then you can be successful. I always remember my why, why I started this brand, why I'm doing this. I also always remember who I'm doing this for. I'm trying to create legacy. I have a daughter. I have sons. My daughter is five and she tells me every day that this is her business and she's going to run this business. (laughs) So that keeps me moving. It keeps me doing everything I can because I know I have little people watching me. I say, you have to be consistent. You have to be authentic and you have to keep going. Like, it doesn't matter the obstacles you face. Like, have you learned? I've dealt with so many obstacles on this journey, but you know what sets me apart? I don't give up. I keep going. You have to be able to just believe in yourself and you will get so far just remembering those things. Bridgetta, this has been
1: such an honor to have you on to be your first podcast. And just to hear the real story why you're doing this, to know that you spent two years creating these things yourself. Like you've got a passion for your business and a legacy to create because your daughter's ready. She's like, this is mine. So I can't thank you enough for being here.
0: Thank you because I was so nervous coming into this, but you made me so relax and feel welcome and it's just thank you thank you thank you for being able to let me tell my story i don't even feel nervous anymore i'm just like (laughs) so thank you
1: thanks for listening to the start right here podcast if you like what you've heard please subscribe rate or review our show on apple podcasts or spotify or share it with a friend remember there is more than one way to the top but all that is required is for you to take the first step so we invite you to start right here remember to check out our newsletter the last word from start right here on it we offer additional information on taking a seat at the table or building one when it comes to beauty and inclusion you can go to thebeautytable.substack.com or check the link in the show notes.